Hey everyone, it's Adrian Pinozo here with EPC Executive Properties Capital, and we're going to be starting episode number 18 momentarily, but I wanted to take a couple minutes to share some exciting news. And I like to say, this is how real estate continues to give back. It continues to give back year after year after year to investors. And I'll share this story with you with a recent um, refinance on one of our properties. So I got a little piece of paper here with the numbers that I'll read off to you. So I purchased along with joint ventures, um, a legal fourplex in downtown Hamilton back in 2017. We paid in 2017 distressed legal quad um, $465,000. We conducted some uh, extensive renovations on it in again, 2017. And about eight months later, we refinanced that property um, for $850,000. Purchase price, four sixty-five. dollars Eight months later, $850,000 refinance. So what did that mean back in 2018 when the refinance was completed? It meant myself and the joint venture partners extracted all capital from the property and there was a small surplus, and I, I, I don't have that information readily available at the moment, but there was a small surplus. But more importantly, we extracted all of our capital that was put into the project, and we've been cash flowing ever since 2018. So the market, as you know, in 2022 has really, really skyrocketed um, as of late. And my partners and I decided to refinance the property again as it's continued to increase. And give back to us. So in 2022, just this month, March of 2022, we refinanced the property for a total of $1,280,000. So remember in 2018, it was $850,000 appraisal. Four years later, $1,280,000. What did that mean? Myself, and my joint venture partners on that particular project took out, we received, I personally, my share, a check for $44,488.25. Real estate gave back to me again. It gave back to me, I guess, three times now in the last five years. And this is why I try to educate more to life um, long-term wealth, generational wealth in investing in real estate. And this is what it's all about. Let your money sit there, let the property go and, and grow and grow, especially if you're cash flowing. You know, if you've extracted all your, your capital out on a Burr project, which we are renowned and really, really popular at doing now in the industry, let it ride, just let it ride. And here we are like, Again, 2017, 465,000, 2022, almost tripled or just shy of tripling its value at a refinance of $1,280,000. And we've cash flowed ever since that original refi back in 2018. No brainer, guys. This is what we're preaching here. If you want to learn more about, you know, and how to conduct a very high level burr and a successful burr. We're joint venturing these at a very high level. Reach out to me, send me an email, visit our website. I'd love to uh, 
help you out at the very least. I can point you in the right direction and uh, get you started on this kind of stuff. And this is, again, life-changing uh, in, a, in a financial generational wealth kind of mindset. Anyways, let's get on to the episode number 18. So, hey, everybody, it's Adrian Pinozo here with the More to Life Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we help you get more to life so you can start living your dreams through the power of real estate investing. Guys, I'm super, super pumped. David Dodge, the one and only, is our guest today with over 15 years of real estate investing experience. So a ton of information is going to be coming at you today with uh, David here. He first started investing in real estate when he was in college, guys, at the age of 21 at the University of Missouri, Columbia. David specializes in wholesaling properties, finding motivated sellers and flipping houses, as well as teaching others how it's easy to learn how they too can wholesale real estate for huge profits, as David has done. David and his team has wholesaled over 450 houses. Uh, we're about 700 at this point. Seven. I need to update that resume. <laughs> wow. 700 wholesale deals under his belt. And his company, House Sold Easy, averages 8 to 12 wholesales a month. Yeah, yeah, it just depends. Yeah, about 10, give or take. All right. So David also loves to fix and flip as well as add properties to his portfolio. And he has just over 90 rentals at the moment. Uh, he specializes in finding motivated sellers and finding sellers, uh, seller lists. David is also the co-author of The Ultimate Guide to Wholesale Real Estate. He has a podcast, Discount Property Investor. He teaches people all about wholesaling real estate, as well as tons of tips and tricks, marketing, wholesaling, the Burr strategy, uh, and finding motivated sellers, as well as finding motivated sellers lists. So after all that, because I ran out of fingers of all this stuff <laughs> that David is uh, really well known for, ladies and gentlemen, David Dodge, welcome to the show, my friend. How are Adrian, you? thank you so much for having me, man. What a great intro. I'm so grateful to be here and I'm excited to share some value with your audience, man. So thanks again for having me. Yeah, awesome. I uh, We found you and uh, it was obvious that this was somebody that we wanted to, you know, obviously... Uh, provide some super knowledge to our listeners. So yeah, I appreciate you being here and you know what, let's just, uh, let's just roll with this and you got a ton of knowledge. Um, fireside chat, let's just do this. So 16 years ago, you started investing. Uh, you started three different businesses, all connected to real estate investing, Fairfield properties, household easy and discount investor. Tell us about your journey. Tell us about your journey. The, how it started, where you came from, where you got to, all that kind of stuff. I would love to, Adrian. I'll try to keep it short because, man, I can talk and talk and talk. So cut me off or interrupt me at no, any given time. Go with it, man. Go with it. <laughs> okay, good deal. So uh, like you said, I've been, um, I'm 37 years old. I started when I was 20. So it's actually 17, almost 18 years ago at this point when I first started. And I was in college, like you mentioned. And to me, um, I always wanted to get into real estate. I think I read Rich Dad Poor Dad actually in high school, like my senior year oh, wow. of high school. 
um, or maybe it was my freshman year of college. I can't remember exactly, but that was the book that changed my life. Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. And that book basically, you know, laid out the groundwork on, on a, you know, how to create passive income by buying assets. And man, I was hooked after I read that book. I was 20 years old. So what did I do? I went and I found a real estate agent and then had that person who we're still friends with today, had that that person help me find a property which was listed on the MLS for sale. And we identified a four bedroom house. And I said, I want to buy this house. And he said, all right, great. Well, you need to, you know, I can help you make the offer and get this thing under contract, but you need to go figure out your loan, your financing, right? And I didn't have any money at all, Adrian. I had no money. I was borrowing money to go to school and, you know, working at like a pizza joint or something like that. And essentially, I walked in the bank. Now, this is back in like 2005 or six. And this is back when, you know, anybody could walk in the bank and get a loan. And and guess what? I did. I walked in the bank and I got a loan. Now, it was an 80 percent loan, which required me in the house, the purchase property, the the purchase price of that house was about 150 grand. Right. So I I had to come up with 30,000. And then the bank was going to lend me the difference, the 120 or the 80 percent. So I said, all right, well, you know, I'm not going to let that stop me. I didn't have the 30 grand. So I called my grandparents and I called some of my aunts and uncles and some of my friends and I pieced together 30 grand and I just made, you know, promises to pay everybody back over the next couple of years and uh, bought the first property at the age of 20. And wow. I did house hacking. And I'm sure you're familiar with house hacking, right? Oh, yeah. So I had a four bedroom house. I lived in one of the rooms and I rented out the other three to my friends. And mm-hmm. the house hacking, it didn't at the time, it didn't pay 100% of my rent. But it allowed me to live for about 100 bucks a month after wow. collecting the rent from the other guys. And that covered everything, you know, mortgage, taxes, insurance, utilities, you name it. Right. I was paying about 100 bucks a month. And over the next, uh, you know, two or three years in college, I did that two more times. So I actually did that three times while I was in school. And what I would do is I would spend my entire you know, year and or summer working hard to pay back the loans from the friends and family. That allowed me to get into these properties to begin with, right? Wow. So it was all borrowed 100%. Even the 20% down payment was borrowed and paid back. And I usually would pay these back over about a year or two. So again, three of these I did in college. All of them were house hacking. And I essentially would move to the next house each time I did it, right? Well, over the next seven years, let's say, after college, I went and started a couple different various businesses. I had a couple different jobs um, in sales and marketing. And, you know, over that seven year period, Adrian, I basically acquired another property every year. So at the end, you know, about 10 years later. So, you know, I started when I was 20. Well, when I hit the age of 30, I had 12 properties. So a couple of those years, I was able to buy two. But for the most part, it's about one a year. And looking back, Adrian, I'm so glad that I did that. I'm so blessed that I started early, even though this is the fun part, even though I did it the wrong way. And I say the wrong way is because at the time, I didn't know there was a right or wrong way. I just figured, hey, if you're going to buy a property, you probably got to go hire one of these agent people, right? 
Right. You know, right. and then you probably got to have them, you know, use their resources to help find these properties and, you know, all of these type of things. So long story short, 10 years, very passively, I was buying rentals and I got to 12. And each one of these, I had to put down 20%. So, you know, roughly about $300,000. It's a lot of money, right? Yeah. That I had to come up with or save or borrow and pay back to get into these properties. Well, about seven years ago, again, I'm 37, almost mm -hmm. 38. And at the age of 30, I was like, you know what? I'm tired of working for other people. I'm tired of, um, you know, having a boss. And I also had a couple random little businesses. And I was like, you know, I'm tired of, of you know, just failing at these little businesses and just, you know, not having financial freedom, not having really more importantly than financial freedom is time freedom. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to go full time into real estate. And I had no idea what I was doing. None. And it took me about three months to do my first deal. And and I'm referring to wholesaling at this point. So basically, when I decided to go into real estate full time, I learned a lot of lessons. I read a bunch of books, probably 50 of them. No, no joke. A ton of books. Bought a bunch of courses, started listening to a bunch of podcasts, and I discovered wholesaling. And I discovered that you could market direct to sellers and that you didn't need an agent per se. And even more importantly, Adrian, you don't have to pay retail for properties. If you can find a seller that's motivated and trade them convenience for a discount, it's very simple. Right. And I learned about it, and it took me about three months to do my first deal. I hired a coach which I can't emphasize enough. If you are wanting to learn something, folks, hire a coach because it's going to shorten your time, your time frame, you know, by a 10th, right? So three months, I kind of spun my wheels, hired a coach. And within, within, after hiring that coach, Adrian, within about two and a half weeks, I got my first wholesale deal. And then about a week later, I did two more. And the rest is kind of history, man. I've, I've done about 700 wholesales in the last seven years. So we're averaging about 100 a year, give or take. Um, and I did that full time for about three and a half to four years. And it was a lot of fun. I wasn't really buying that many rentals over that time, even though I still had the 12 original ones from the first 10 years that I bought wrong. Mm -hmm. And I decided, you know what? I got into real estate because I wanted freedom. And I looked in the mirror one day and I said, you know what? I don't have it. I got into real estate because I wanted to create financial freedom. I wanted to create time freedom. And I don't have either. Like, I'm just spinning my wheels. Or, you know, another way to describe it or word this, Adrian, I think would be a little bit easier for the audience to understand is, is I was on the transaction treadmill. I was doing a lot of transactions. But at the end of each of these transactions, you get paid, you pay taxes, and you start over. You're doing it over and over again, right? So not necessarily a bad thing because I learned a ton of skills by doing a lot of transactions. But basically, though, I you know realized that, man, I got into real estate for a reason and I'm not pursuing that reason. So let's bring it back to the basics. You know, acquiring rentals is really how I'm going to create, you know, this freedom. So let's start acquiring rentals again. And, you know, we stumbled across the Burr method. And the my first favorite, year, my favorite method in the whole, it's the world. best, it's my the favorite. Best. Offering. Yeah. 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 So I stumbled off. across the Burr method and, you know, we did that. I've been doing that for, you know, three and a half, four years at this point. The first year I did it, we were leaving, 
you know, in when we mostly buying single family homes and we were leaving anywhere from 10 to 20 grand in a property, which is still a whole lot better than 30,000 in the beginning. Right. So I was starting to learn like, Hey, you can find properties from at discounts from motivated sellers. And, you know, with the Burr method, I can be all in, in the end for a whole lot less than what I did the first 10 years. Well, after doing it over and over and over again and refining the process and really learning how to use this method, now I can buy properties, buy them at a discount, rehab them, get them rented, and then go refinance them, which is the BER acronym, B with four R's. The last R just stands for repeat. Yeah. And now I can do it with little to no money. And, and ideally, we shoot for no money out of pocket when we're doing these bird deals so i've done about 200 bird deals to date wow full the way through buying properties at discounts rehabbing them getting them rented taking them to the bank and refinancing now i don't own 200 properties because over the years we've refined this process we've done what's called portfolio rebalancing where we might buy a few properties in a good neighborhood and we'll sell a couple in a in a not so good neighborhood to keep the portfolio you know on the up and up and then also, you know, sometimes times get a little tough, so we'll need to sell a turn a property off that's rented as a turnkey property, right? So done a ton of these deals, about 200 of them, give or take, over the last four years. And at this point, my goal and my passion is to help and teach other people. So being on this podcast is, is one of the things that I love to do, right, is to help and spread value and teach other people that, you know, A, you can buy properties with little to no money using the Burr method, but B, in order to, you know, really scale your real estate investing business, you need to learn how to find motivated sellers and you need to learn how to market directly to them. And if you can learn these simple skills, you too can acquire a portfolio of real estate just like Adrian has or just like I have that pays you every single month to own it. So Adrian, I don't know about you, your portfolio is probably four or five times the size of mine. I got about 90 units, 60 of those are single family homes and 30 of those units are uh, apartments. And my portfolio spits off, you know, somewhere between 20 and 22,000 every single month. Now, that's passive income and that's cash flow. That's not just gross income, right? That's net income. That's the income that's left after we pay all the bills, the mortgage, the tax, the insurance, you know, property management, any capex or maintenance that we come across, so on and so forth. So my passion is again, helping people see the light and see that you can market direct to sellers and you can find these sellers that are motivated. And then once you do so, all the doors open for you, all your exit strategies now become very bright. Your future becomes very bright. If you decide that you want to take a good deal that you got from a motivated seller from your direct-to-seller marketing efforts and wholesale it, you can do that. Or if you decide that you want to fix it up and sell it for a big profit, you can do that. Or if you decide that you want to keep that property as a rental and you want to be a landlord, you can use the Burr method to buy it at a discount, which hopefully you've already done at this point. And then you can go fix that property up. You can get it rented out and then you can take it to a bank and you can refinance all of your money out. So I'm sure there's people right now, Adrian, that are listening that are thinking, well, how do you do it with 
no money. So that's what I'm going to teach right now. And then we can open it up for conversations or questions or, you know, whatever, wherever we lead from there. But yeah. how do you do the Burr method and be all into an asset in the end with no money? Well, here's how, folks. It's not that hard. So, again, Burr is an acronym. It's B with four R's. And the first letter, the B, it stands for buy. But really, it's more than just buy. It's buy at a deep discount. Right. If you can get a good discount, a deep discount, you are capturing equity day one. So that equity capture helps a lot tremendously in the end when you go to refinance. So then there's four R's and those R's stand for rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. So that first R, rehab. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to find properties that need work. That's typically how I'm going to buy in the beginning at a deep discount. I'm going to find a property that needs, you know, maybe 20 or $30,000 worth of work. The seller or the owner of that property doesn't have the time or the resources to deal with the property. So us investors, Adrian, myself, we come along and we say, Hey, we would love to buy this property from you, but we're not paying retail and it needs a lot of work. So why don't we create a winning, a win-win situation where I provide you a ton of convenience, meaning I'm going to buy it for cash. I'm going to close quick and I'm not going to require you to do any repairs. And in exchange, you give me a discount on the property. And that's that's how we buy. It's very, very simple. Don't overthink it. So we buy at a deep discount. Well, next, we're going to rehab it. So when we bought at a deep discount, we captured a little bit of equity, maybe even a lot of equity. Well, when we go to rehab the property, we're going to capture a little bit more equity. So let's say that we go in and we spend, you know, $20,000 fixing this property up. Well, we would anticipate and hope that we would increase the value by more than that 20,000. So if we spend 20, you know, to fix the property up or to update it, or sometimes it's even more 30 or 40, but for simple math, let's say we do 20. Well, we're going to hope that we've increased the property by let's say 30. So we're going to get all the money back from the rehab and a little bit more. So when you combine those two things, the equity that you capture when you buy at a discount and a little bit more equity that's captured when you fix that property up, you now have a little pot of equity. Mm -hmm. So next, once we buy at a discount, we fix that property up and we use those two first things to create equity. We basically created it. Um, next, we're going to go rent that property out. Now, if you want to do this yourself, you can. Don't overthink it. You can go on Google and download a you know a one or two page lease and you can go lease the property yourself. Or you can do like I do and you can hire property management companies to do those activities for you. I prefer to scale my business and grow my business. And it's very difficult to do that as well as manage tenants at the same time. So what I've decided to do is, you know what, I'm going to let somebody else manage all these tenants and I'm going to focus on growing and scaling and trying to go buy five or six or seven rentals every single month versus be spread too thin. So, again, the next part would be to rent that property out. You can do it or you can hire somebody to do it. And then the last step, or it's really the third R, but it's kind of the last step, is, is once we buy this property at a deep discount and we fix this property up and we get it rented out, we're going to go to a bank a local bank, a local credit union, or even more recently, there's national lenders now that will also lend to LLCs and do 30-year fixed loans 
to your entity. So they're basically commercial loans, but they're doing 30-year commercial loans now, which is amazing. And what we're able to do when we refinance is we're able to pay either ourselves back or my personal favorite, Adrian, is to borrow the money from a private lender or a hard money lender, right? And then when we go to refinance, we're able to pay that person back in full. So when I borrow money to buy a house, I'm typically borrowing the purchase, Adrian, and the rehab, and often an additional five or ten or fifteen thousand dollars to either pay myself right away or to cover all of the interest and the you know holding costs while we're fixing it up. Right. So how do you do it with no money? Let me give you a super quick example. Let's say I find a distressed property at a hundred thousand. But that property is really worth, you know, closer to 200000 but it needs a lot of work. So let's say that a lot of work is 30000 Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to my private lender and I'm going to borrow $140,000, hundred to buy it, 30000 to fix it up, and 10000 to pay myself a couple thousand and also cover the holding and the closing and ideally all of the interest, Right. So now that I've borrowed the money, I'm going to go locate this property. I'm going to find it. I'm going to buy it. And then I'm going to hire a general contractor to go in and I'm going to fix that property up. I'm going to spend that 30000 rehabbing it. And then I'm going to take it to the property manager and I'm going to get it rented. And then I'm going to go to the bank and I'm going to get it appraised. And the bank's going to say, all right, Dave, we're going to lend you 80% of what it appraises for, right? And let's assume that I don't even get it appraised for $200,000. let us say that the appraisal clips me and they only want to give me an appraisal for $180,000. Well, that should be okay still. So 180 times 0.8, let's do some math here. 180 times 0.8 equals $144,000. So the bank's going to say, Dave, we're going to lend you $144,000. Well, I've borrowed 140000 from my lender, so I'm going to have to pay him back plus a little bit of interest. So in this scenario, I'm going to have to basically bring four or $5,000 to the table to do the deal. But assuming that I was able to get it appraised for 200 like the original example, 200 times 0. 0.8 is 160. And if I owe my lender 140, and the bank's willing to lend me 160. Now I can actually pay the lender back for the purchase, the rehab, and all of the interest, and the closing costs, and the holding costs, and the property management leasing fee, and be all into this property, which is an asset with none of my own money in the end. And that's what the Burr method is. That's how powerful it is. Again, I've done it about 200 times. And at this point, I have mastered this strategy where now on average, when we go buy an asset or a rental property, on average, we leave less than $1,200 in the deal. The goal is zero, which is kind of a strange goal to have. Who has a goal of zero, right? But it's $0 out of pocket. That's the goal every time we do a burr. And the cool part, Adrian, is, is sometimes we're able to walk with money, meaning we'll pay back our private or hard money lender, we'll acquire an asset, and we'll even walk away with five or ten or 
we did one a month or two ago. It was a little commercial building. We walked with 52000 acquired the asset, no money out of pocket, fixed it up, got it rented, refinanced it, paid back the private lenders for the purchase and the rehab, and walked with some money. So you can do that occasionally as well. Very, very cool strategy. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, Dave, we do it here. Uh, just for the listeners, where where do you incorporate all your business and strategies? Where, where are you from? Yeah, so I live in the Midwest. I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. I was born and raised here. Yeah. And most of my real estate deals are here locally in my own market. Now, I do have some rentals um, in Missouri that aren't in St. Louis. They're about 100 miles away where I went to college and I have a small apartment building that's 24 units. That's about an hour South, but all of my rental holdings are right here in Missouri. Uh, when it comes to wholesaling, we'll wholesale outside of the state. Uh, but when, when it comes to fix and flip, we like to be, be near those. So the majority of what we do is local. Would you say like out of your, what you're doing now, obviously you're have a very, very incredible knowledge on the burr strategy out in your market center. Would you, are you doing a lot more burrs or are you still doing a lot of fix and flips or kind of 50, 50? That's a great question. So at this point, you know, we do, we typically have two to three fix and flips going at any given time. We don't like to be too heavy on those. So typically, you know, three or four at the most, ideally it's just two or three. And the reason is, is we like to fix and flip. It's, it's fun for us. And we get big paychecks when we sell those properties off. Uh, but here's the thing, Adrian, the passion is landlording and rentals and really owning assets. And, you know, when you're wholesaling or fix and flipping, you're on a transaction treadmill, right? Once you do a deal, you get paid, you have to pay the government some taxes, and then you start all over again. So we love to wholesale. We love to fix and flip. But basically, here's how our business works. We spend anywhere from four to six grand a month on marketing, which isn't really that much, right? It's all local marketing. Most of it's uh, cold calling, cold texting. We do a little bit on the radio. We do a little bit with, you know, pay per click. Um, and we have a lot of referrals at this point, too, since we've been in the business for quite some time. Mm -hmm. uh, but basically, all the marketing that we do, is designed to find us a rental. We have a buy box, right? So we have a, a basic set of, of guidelines that we're looking for, right? We don't want to be in too bad of a neighborhood. We're looking for at least two bedroom, ideally three bedroom homes, certain price points. You know, we like to have good school districts and low crime. That's what a buy box is. It's just a set of metrics. So when we come across any property from our marketing efforts, any property, that meets our buy box, and that also includes purchase price and the amount of rehab, then we buy it as a rental. That's our number one goal always is to find rentals and to find properties that meet that buy box. But because we're doing a lot of marketing, we stumble across a lot of deals that are outside of our buy box. And when they're outside of our buy box, Adrian, we still go run those appointments and we still send offers to the sellers and we still contract those properties. But then what we decide to do from there is either wholesale those properties off for a quick profit with little mm -hmm. to none of our own money invested. That's mm -hmm. why I love wholesaling, of course. Or the other option is, is we'll decide to fix and flip those properties. So our number one goal is to find rentals. 
And I would say 50% of the deals that we buy at this point, we hold. The other 50% will either be wholesaled off or fix and flipped. But again, we don't want to have too many fix and flips going at any time because here's the thing, Adrian, I want to circle back. And I think that I think that we might get a chuckle out of this, right? So I got into real estate because I wanted freedom. And then I worked my butt off passively for 10 years and got to 12 properties and was doing okay. And then I learned about wholesaling, did hundreds of wholesale deals and was still working my butt off. And then I decided, you know what? I'm going to get back to the basics and actually try to earn this freedom that I've been so badly wanting. And that's when we started buying rentals and at scale and using the Burr method. And that was about three and a half to four years ago at this point. And I've achieved it. That's the beautiful thing. So I've achieved it. It only took me a couple of years. So the portfolio brings in over $20,000 a month, which is about a quarter million dollars a year, passive income. And I don't have to work for that money. So now all the wholesales that we do and all the fix and flips, we do them for extra money and to have fun. It's really fun doing wholesale deals and fix and flip, but I don't want to work myself into the grave, right? I typically will work about maybe four hours a day on average, give or take. And that's because I want to. It's not because I have to. And that's the biggest difference between you know, somebody that, that owns assets and creates passive income from those assets versus somebody that's trading time for money, right? This is that you now get to choose. So some days I'll work six or seven hours. Holy cow, that's a lot of time, right? But it's because I want to. And other days I won't work at all. In fact, I just got back from a, a ski trip that we impromptu left on just because it was snowing. We're like, hey, it's snowing. Let's go skiing, right? So we now have the ability to do things like that. So you know, rentals will provide you with assets. And if you use the Burr method, Adrian, you can acquire these assets with little to no money. But really what you are going to achieve by owning assets is financial freedom first. And then once you achieve the financial freedom, you get the holy grail. And that is, my friends, time freedom. Once we acquire a little bit of capital in our lives, we start to realize that money isn't everything. Money is a tool. It's a utility to buy happiness. And most happiness, in my opinion, doesn't come from money. It comes from time. Having the ability to do what I want to do when I want to do it, that's what makes me happy. But you got to have money to do that. So the progression is, is, in my opinion, for most real estate investors, and it doesn't have to go this way. You can jump in and start buying rentals just like I did, of course, right? But most real estate investors will progress this way. They'll learn about wholesaling. They'll dabble. They'll do some wholesale deals. Then they'll maybe decide, hey, I want to take a little risk on one or two of these and they'll fix and flip them. And then they'll start doing rentals and then they'll learn the Burr method, right? And that's a great approach because you're going to learn valuable tools along the way. But what I want to tell people and teach people is, is that you don't have to do that, that whole street. You don't have to go through that that process, that streamlined process, you can actually start with rentals and you can start with the Burr method right out of the gate. You just got to learn how to use it and, and how to implement the strategy. And I think the most important part, Adrian, and I would hope you would agree with me on this, is you got to learn how to market to sellers. You got to learn how to, how to have conversations. 
And, you know, last year we, we had our best year to date. We, we, we bought and sold 162 properties. Wow. And guess how many of those I found on the MLS, Adrian? One or two? Three. Uh, three. Okay. three. Three of them. Out of 162. So, out of 160. So you're talking about, you know, what is that? About 2%, give or take, one and a half to 2%. Wow. Of, the, of all of the deals that we did, you know, last year in 2021, we're from the MLS. So I'm not saying you can't find deals on the MLS, but what I am saying is it's very difficult to find deals on the MLS. And if that's your, your only source of finding deals, well, then this is going to be an uphill battle for you. But if you want to make it really easy on yourself, learn how to market to sellers, learn how to market directly to sellers, learn how to talk to sellers, learn how to offer them convenience and in exchange, you are going to demand a discount. And if they're not willing to give you a discount, hey, no problem. But you need to pull back that convenience that you're offering them. So the more discount they're willing to give you, the bigger convenience we as real estate investors will provide to the seller, creating win-win situations, which allow us to get deals. And again, once you get a deal, all of these exit strategies, all the doors to these exits, they're wide open. You can... You can wholesale, you can fix and flip, you can uh, use the bird method and, you know, be the landlord and acquire the asset. All of these are now options. But if you're not buying at a discount, Adrian, it's very difficult to do any of these things, let alone make money by doing these things. Amazing. I couldn't agree with you more, man. I, we do the same thing here uh, in Canada and um, yeah, it, it, it's my passion, my favorite strategy as well. We've done exceptionally well um, in the burr where we've been able, like yourselves, to more often than not get all of that capital, all of that equity out on the refi. And then, you know, in, in instances as well, we're walking away with a surplus and we're still cash flowing at the end of the at the end of the day, creating that passive income. And I like to tell our people, you've created an infinite return on your money, right? It's infinite. When they say, oh, what's the ROI, Adrian? What's the ROI? Well, the ROI is infinite because you got mm -hmm. no money left in the deal. That's right. It's cash flowing. You got debt pay down from the tenants. You got passive appreciation all going down in the background when you've taken all your money out. Like it's a lot of common times, you know, you get asked the question. So what's the catch? What's yeah. The well, the catch is, is that if you're patient, you'll get wealthy. Bingo. That's the catch. That's what I tell people. So, you know, this is not a get rich quick game, in my opinion. Now, there are ways to get rich quick by buying big apartment buildings and, you know, doing certain things, right, that where you're going to put a bunch of money in your pocket right away. But when you're doing single family homes like I'm doing and small apartment buildings, it's definitely not a get rich quick game. But if you are patient and you are consistent, it's a it's almost a guaranteed way to create wealth because of a number of reasons that you just mentioned. So I want to highlight some of those real quick. So when you own an asset, that puts money in your pocket every month. If you own a liability, it takes it out of your pocket every month. So even the home that you live in isn't really an asset unless it pays you to live there. So for me, in the beginning when I was house hacking, kind of did, right? But the, the primary residence that all of our listeners and viewers are living in right now is most likely not an asset. It's a liability. So we're going to use assets, rental properties, to put money in our pocket every month. So you create passive income and cash flow 
from these properties. Now, you also mentioned that you get debt pay down over time because the tenants are the ones that are paying the mortgage. They're paying you and then you're taking that and you're paying the mortgage. So somebody else is paying these properties off for you over time. So you're going to create wealth or equity capture by the tenants paying them down. So you have cash flow, you have wealth creation. Properties over time typically are going to appreciate. And it again, you have to be patient. You might have a up year, you might have a down year, but over a long enough period of time, 10, 15, 20 years, properties are typically going to appreciate. So that's the third thing that we love about rental properties. The fourth thing that we love about rental properties is the depreciation which basically means that the government wants to reward us for providing housing. And they know that when we provide housing, that the people that we rent it to are going to tear that property up a little bit, wear and tear. So they want to incentivize us for providing housing to our fellow Americans and our fellow neighbors. And they're going to give us what's called a depreciation expense, which is really nothing more than a phantom expense. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you do your taxes at the end of the year, you take all your income, you take all your expenses and you subtract those from the income and you pay taxes on what is left. What's the, the net income? Well, depreciation allows us to reduce that net income by saying, oh, hey, here's three or four or five thousand dollars on a single family home that we can essentially write off, even though we didn't have to spend that money. So depreciation is an, an excellent tool to help build wealth because it's reducing the amount of taxable income that we have. And when you're a full-time real estate investor like Adrian and I, you can use that depreciation to offset any income, not just your rental income, which is phenomenal. So you have passive income from cash flow, you have wealth creation from mortgage paydown, you have appreciation of the value going up over time, you have depreciation from the government incentivizing you to own the property and rent it out. And then last but not least is the way the government taxes you on your earned income is the highest. But the way the government taxes you on your passive income, and Adrian, you know this, of course, but the audience may not, is the lowest. So when you make your money from real estate by renting it out, you actually pay way less in taxes on that income than you do when you go and you trade your time for money. And it's not necessarily something I agree with, Adrian, but I know why it's like that. And I'll tell you, simple. Laws are written by wealthy people to protect wealthy people. It's just the nature of the world. It's just how it works. Like, when's the last time, you know, you saw somebody working at a, at a fast food restaurant that became a senator or a, or, or a representative. It doesn't typically happen because you got to have a lot of money to run, right? And, and you know, put together a campaign. So, you know, most of the, of the uh, people that are writing laws are affluent. They're wealthy. And when they're writing these laws, of course, they're going to want to protect the way in which they make money and the way in which they earn money, which is most of the time passively earning money, right? So my opinion, it should be flip-flopped, but I don't write the rules and I know the rules and I'm just going to play by them. So one of my goals is to help people see the light and realize that just because the rules are written this way and they're not necessarily super fair, let's be honest, mm -hmm. but just because they're written a certain way 
doesn't mean that you can't play by those rules. You can play by those rules. So my goal every day, every week, every month when I, when I, you know, I'm working, it's not necessarily to create more income, Adrian, because income's taxed. Instead, my goal is to create more wealth because you are only taxed on income. You are not taxed on wealth. So super simple example. Let's say that you're able to go, you know, earn an additional $200,000, right? Maybe you can earn an additional 2 million if you're a rock star, but simple math, you earn an additional 200 grand over and above what you did last year. Well, all you're really doing is giving Uncle Sam another 100 grand. You're giving Uncle Sam a raise too because income right. is taxed. And if you're spending time to earn that money, it's taxed at a higher rate. But now let's assume that our goal, instead of to make an additional 200 grand in income, is to capture 200 grand worth of equity. Well, check this out, guys. That isn't income, that's wealth creation. And you are not taxed when you create wealth. You are only taxed when you have income. So when you go sell that property down the road, you're going to have an income. You're going to have income and you're going to have to pay taxes on that. Right. You, you can't tip it. You can't really completely avoid it. But if you hold that property, you don't have to pay any taxes while you have just created two hundred thousand dollars worth of equity or wealth which is amazing. So my goal, Adrian, every day when I come to the office or if I'm sitting on the beach or on the mountain skiing and I'm thinking about the next deal, it's not so much how do I make more money because then I got to pay more taxes. Instead, I want everyone to change the way they think and think, you know what? How can we create wealth? Because wealth isn't taxed, at least not right away. Amazing. Couldn't agree more, man. Couldn't agree more. Dave, it's been great having you. We're at 45 minutes. Uh, usually we uh, we wrap up in 40, but you're a great speaker and obviously <laughs> a ton of knowledge. And uh, yeah, like obviously you're a coach as well, and it's 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 obvious you have uh, you have that ability to to connect and talk and, and keep things going. So that's amazing. I want to end off, Dave. Um, how do people get a hold of you? People want to do business with you. How are you as their coach or whatever walk of life they're coming from and they want to get a hold of you? Tell us what we have to do to get a hold of Dave. I love it. Adrian, thank you so much again for having me. I'm so grateful to get this opportunity to chat with you and, you know, just kind of teach and talk about all the different things that real estate can provide. It's provided me with financial freedom. It's provided me with time freedom. And at this point, I still love working in my business and doing more deals and acquiring more real estate. And, you know, my goal is to take the, the, the passive income, the cash flow from, you know, just over 20,000 to six figures. I want 100,000 a month. And I don't I, I don't think that, you know, it's that hard to do. I think that I can get there in just a couple more years. So at this point, I love helping people. I love teaching. I love doing podcasts like this. And as you mentioned, I do have a program that helps people learn the Burr method and how to buy rentals um, and how to acquire assets to achieve passive income. That's really the goal, right? It's not necessarily, hey, come work with Dave and you know buy a rental. It's, hey, come work with Dave and learn how to retire, learn how to quit your job, learn how to replace the income that you're earning from trading your time with these assets. And if you guys want to learn more about that or connect with me, head on over to wholesalinginc.com forward slash rentals. 
I'm a new host over at the Wholesaling Inc. Uh, podcast, and I have a program that is dedicated to rental properties and using the Burr method specifically, Adrian, so you can acquire these rental properties with little to no money using this very, very, very simple strategy. So again, if you guys are curious and you want to learn more, head on over to wholesalinginc.com forward slash rentals. Amazing. Dave, it's been a pleasure having you. Um, I, I'm positive you're going to get some great feedback on this interview. It's probably one of my best ones to date thus far. Ton of knowledge, uh, very personable, uh, very easy to understand. You know, you're not talking like, hmm, what did you mean by that? Or it's very basic. And guys, I'm here to tell you, I do the same thing here. And I second what David's saying. It works. And it created for my life. Obviously, everybody knows I was a police officer. Exactly what David said. Financial freedom, but more importantly, time freedom. That's, that's the goal. So that's the goal. The goal is to have the ability to do what you want when you want it. And you'll never get there without owning assets. So again, Adrian, thank you so much for having me. This has been a fun, fun episode. And I am confident that the audience, the listeners and the viewers picked up a couple gold nuggets on this show. One million percent. All right, my brother. Well, thanks again. And I wish you all the best of luck. Thank you, sir. 